So at the time I was working full-time um, in private industry and I ended up quitting that job, getting a part-time job and going through that forensic program to see if I could hack it really. Welcome to Azula Dream with me, Napeson. Today I'm joined by Shorty. Shorty, if you want to introduce yourself, let the people know who you are and what it is you do. Okay. Um, well, I'm in forensics in the greater Los Angeles area. I've been doing this for 20 years now. Um, see? Brain fart. <laughs> this is so uncomfortable. Sorry. <laughs> um my specialty is in latent prints um, because I work for such a large agency. Um, we end up diving in with specialties. We, you know, some smaller towns, um, they have more of an evidence technician type of uh, position where they do a little bit of everything at crime scenes. They gather all types of evidence and then they analyze all types of evidence. But um, I do latent prints and latent prints alone. Um, so I started out doing field investigations. We went to all manner of crime scene from you know, petty theft to rape homicides. Um, and we dusted for prints. That was our sole responsibility. We bring those prints back to our lab where prints are analyzed either through a criminal database or to a possible suspect. Um, I did that for many years as well. Um, I mean, I did my field investigations for about five, six years. Um, moved into the analytical detail uh, for a number of years. And then I kind of alternated between the two. We kind of served as a support for our field unit because they get very, very busy. Um, <clears throat> and now I'm in our chemical processing detail, which is at a separate lab. Um, and we process items of evidence 95% of the time inside the lab um, that doesn't require powder. So there's other chemical processes we can use based upon the type of item that we are looking at. For example, a firearm um, would be used in a super glue chamber instead of powdering it at the scene. Oh, so wow. we, do, we do all the fun mad scientist stuff in there. Um, and we do go out to, to the occasional scene if there are prints left behind in blood. They can't be lifted and taken back to our office uh, to be analyzed. So we have to go out, process them with a particular chemical and photograph them. So our analytical detail can take a look at that. Okay, that's amazing. It's very, um, very in-depth. So yeah. was um, stepping into like forensics or law enforcement always, always your dream? Not growing up, um, I think I kind of had that typical kid mentality where I changed the idea of what I or who I wanted to be. Every few years, I wanted to be a veterinarian one year, and then I wanted to be an astronaut another. <laughs> I had an uncle who worked for um, aerospace. He was an engineer, so we got to tour his facility every year for their open house, and that was fascinating to me. Um, so I've always loved the sciences, but... Uh, 
I, once I graduated high school, I started working part-time and I didn't go to school immediately after that, but um, maybe a year or so went by before I went back to college or started college. And I went the route of criminal justice. I, I wasn't really sure where I wanted to end up, but I thought that that would be a good path. Um, yeah. And at the, at the time, my mom, <laughs> she thought that you know, criminal justice only led to becoming a police officer and that terrified her. She did not want me to become a cop. She, <laughs> she was just insistent that I was going to get shot and killed. Like she just always went to the extremes with that kind of thing. And, but then I started thinking about it and was like, okay, that might be a good path to take. Um, but I also hate running. I could never, <laughs> I would never have made it through an academy. I just, I couldn't see myself doing that. I was never an active kid like that. <clears throat> so, um, it, it was an idea. I, I thought I might become a police officer. And then my mom found out about how much they make and that excited her. I guess she wanted me to just sort of <laughs> fly the nest as soon as possible. But um, so I did have her support then. Um, and then I found out about forensics in a very strange way. Um, it was in the late nineties. I'm very old. Um, <laughs> before the internet was cool. Um, I was in chat rooms in the late 90s. <laughs> and there was a, a local gal who I would talk to who had something to do with the forensic program at one of our community colleges. Um, and that interested me. I, I really because I loved science. And I thought, well, maybe I can do that aspect of law enforcement. I don't have to do the running. <laughs> yeah. And um, so she was part of a forensic program that was just starting at a local college and I ended up going for it. Um, it was kind of a mini academy of sorts. It was many hours a week. Um, so at the time I was working full time um, in private industry and I ended up quitting that job, getting a part time job and going through that forensic program to see if I could hack it really. Um, and it was, it was amazing. I got to meet so many great people that were already in the field, you know, our instructors and everything. Yeah. One of our main instructors happened to be the head of the unit that I now work for. Um, she retired before I got wow. hired. Um, she was starting to teach to take that path um, after retirement. So, um, you know, I went to forensic conferences, got myself involved in that way, started networking. Um, I, what was pushed on us back then, which I would still encourage is to find internships with any law enforcement or forensic agency. Um, I interned at the coroner's office um, to see if I could, again, go to the extreme, see if I can handle all of that. <laughs> Why should I pursue the education any further if I can't handle seeing the worst of the worst? So, and it was amazing. It was a great experience there at the coroner's office. Um, and then I just started applying at every police agency across the state for any type of position, um, a jailer, dispatcher, community service officer, anything just to get my foot in the door of kind of public service. Yeah. Um, and I was hired with another agency as a community service officer. So I basically wrote parking tickets. <laughs> and the worst. Yeah, yeah, I was I was that person. Um, but I got a lot of public exposure, that's for sure. <laughs> and, you know, I did some uh, live scanning the electronic fingerprinting. And, you know, I sat at the front desk of the substation, took uh, reports and 
directed people to other law enforcement officials, just kind of manning the desk, I guess. Um, That that really opened my eyes to a lot, (laughs) just sitting there. And that gave me, um, I guess, what my current agency was looking for. They just wanted a lot of our job is PR. You know, we need to connect with the victims and let them know they're being taken care of, that kind of thing, in addition to whatever work we're doing. So I was there for about a year, year and a half before my current department ended up hiring me. And I've been there for 20 years. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. That, it's a real journey as well. But it's good to see, like, the, or even hear the process that you took to get to where you was, you know, just to kind of get your foot in the door. And you wanted to take any job. It's quite nice to hear. Yeah. Because I, I think that often gets overlooked, is that people don't realize that sometimes you have to start from the bottom, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many interviews. (laughs) So what would you say inspired the, the dream? Would you say it was that conversation? Obviously you love a science, but the conversation on the chat room in the nineties, just going to (laughs) bring that back up. Yeah. and, And like, I kind of like just, we are sort of behind the scenes, even even with the advent of shows of like CSI and all the popular crime dramas and stuff. Um, we're still behind the scenes. We're not the officers and detectives, you know, literally chasing after the bad guy. We're not, you know, we're we're taking care of the extra stuff. And and I kind of like that. It's, it seems almost anonymous. <laughs> yeah. Um. Until until we get to court and we have to get up in front of everyone to testify, but. <clears throat> I, I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, and really, and I know how cliche and kind of hokey this sounds, but really just doing good for our community. And I don't know, trying to give these victims some kind of closure, that kind of thing, you know, it's, yeah, and, and a lot, you know, a lot of people, um, they kind of think that our job is, Again, the extreme, we don't see death every day, that we don't work for the coroner's office. They're the only ones that, that go through that every single day. You know, even a burglary can be traumatizing for people. It could be the worst day of their life. And it, it really um, is gratifying to be able to just help them through that process and understand that, you know, they weren't hurt. They're going to be okay. Um, and just yeah. getting them through that. No, that's that's, uh, that's lovely. It's really nice as well. Is it? I'm really excited by this chat because I think it's. I'm really <laughs> interested in what you do, and that. And I I spend so many hours watching like crime TV and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's, it's really fun to hear. Um, how old was you when you like? So it was. You obviously you had the love for science at a younger age. Mm-hmm. But how old would you say you was when you kind of discovered that it was forensics or law enforcement that you kind of wanted to step into? Because I think that a lot of people think that you need to know what you want to do from, like you said, six, seven. But it does change every year at that point because mm-hmm. you're discovering there's so much opportunity. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's natural to go like, oh, I want to do that. Wait, that's the thing. Oh, no, I want to do that. So <laughs> I... I, I think it's natural, but I mean, I also know that you can discover something at the age of like 20, but you know, and I think that just because 
someone hasn't discovered it yet, it's not a bad thing. So how old would you say you was? No, I, I agree. It's definitely not a bad thing. Um, we're not robots. I mean, we're entitled to change our minds as we grow. Um, I think I was about 19 or 20 um, when I started down the you know criminal justice path, um, but maybe yeah. about 21-ish, 22, um, when I learned that forensics was really an option for me. Um, and to speak to that, you know, even later on in life, there's a lot of people I work with now who yeah. have come into our position in their 30s, in their 40s. Um, they may have worked for another part of the city doing a totally different um, assignment, or maybe they were already within the police department um, in an administrative role. Uh, they weren't, they don't have a background in forensics at all, and the position comes open. They qualify for it because they have either the education or police experience and they start later on in life. So it's not something that you have to know right away at all. Although yeah. there is a lot of competition for it now because of the popularity of these shows. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think at any age you can come into this field. No, that's good. And like you mentioned, you know, it is, it's a career path where you don't need to be young. And I think, I guess, the older you get, like you do get exposed to more fields within the, like, like for you example, you was interested in law enforcement, but then you learn about forensics, which is a, it's almost like law enforcement is just the umbrella mm -hmm. of so much, you know? And I think we're often uh, like not exposed to that depth of it. So I think it's nice to hear that there, you can learn this stuff later in life and it's not an embarrassment to do that. No, not at all, not at all. And even within my um, educational career, I've changed my major several times. I, I started with criminal justice, but I kept switching that up too. So, you know, there are many paths to get to where I am now. <laughs> no, that's cool. So who would you say some of your idols was um, or heroes or people that just kind of inspired you to get to where you are whether that be um like mentally just kind of sticking with it because i'm sure there's been days where you've wanted to quit so who is who have been some of your idols to kind of keep you motivated and get to the success or position that you've got to um so i know a lot of people again watch all these csi shows and that's a, a big factor in how they get um, on this path. And for me, of course, those shows didn't exist back then. However, X-Files did. And <laughs> I loved Scully. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, this is a woman doing all these things, all these science things and in law enforcement. Can I do that? <laughs> <clears throat> that show came out when I was in high school and I was just obsessed ever since. So as far as like a celebrity idol, I would say that I was her. Um, uh, but I guess in my personal life, it would be my mom, of course, today on Mother's yeah. Day. <laughs> um, she was the hardest worker. Um, I'm first generation American. My mom came from Iran. Well, my, both of my parents came from Iran. And, you know, hardly knowing the language coming to a brand new country. Um, she went all the way through her master's uh, degree. So that's a minimum of six years of schooling with me. I, she had me first. <laughs> wow. 
And then she went back to school, learning English, learning everything that she did. And she just became a master of her, her own career. And then she started a, a side business as well. So she was always, always doing something, always, always working and still just the best mom that I could have had. So I don't know if it, it, that <laughs> I wish I could be half <laughs> the hard worker that she was. So she's, she's who I look to for encouragement. You know, she, she passed over 20 years ago, but I just think back to all the stuff that she did that she put up with. I remember her taking me to, um, to school <laughs> with her to the library so she could write her papers. And I would just kind of sit there in the corner with my dolls. <laughs> I was a little kid, so I have I have these core memories of her studying hard for what she wanted. So, no, that's beautiful. I'm glad, and I'm sorry to hear about her passing. Yeah, thank you, thank you. She, I'm sure she'd be proud of you looking down there. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> On Mother's Day, I'm sure she would be. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would you say has been your proudest moment in your career? You you must have seen a lot, done a lot, and solved a lot. I'd say um <laughs> so just but as in like with your setting your goals and achieving them would you say it is like getting your certificate to be able to go and do this sort of stuff because I'm sure you need like license to get out there right um and yeah uh, now there are a lot of requirements to um <clears throat> even apply back when I started um there, there wasn't, I, I didn't have to have a four-year degree at the time, but because I had experience at that other police agency, um, that gave me the in, I guess. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, it's at least a, a four-year degree, but um, I don't, you know, I was, I was trying to think about that. I don't, I can't think of like any one moment. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, this job is very gratifying in that we get to help people. Um, especially when the prints that we've lifted, it seems lead to a suspect, lead to an arrest, and then we end up in court and we get to see the full process of, of our work in play. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, I apparently have <laughs> um, a gift of making victims feel better about the situation when, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've had so many scenes and, and I'm talking about the lesser crimes, not the very serious yeah. ones, but like the burglaries and stuff. Again, it can still be very traumatizing for a person to deal with that kind of um, situation. But I don't know. I've had so many scenes where, where we're laughing and joking and just actually having a good time. <laughs> and I've yeah. had so many people tell me like, I, how can you be so joyful in a situation like this. I'm like, I have no idea. Um, so I think at least making people feel better, like leaving them with a smile like that, even, even though I've kind of made a mess of their home with our powders <laughs> and they have to clean it up after I leave. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe the people I work with, um, I, I love the crew that we have. Um, in yeah. our chemical processing lab, like it's such a great group. Um, and then, of course, the people on the analytical side, I have worked with them for many, many years, you know, we've become kind of a family in some ways. And I just, I, I'm really proud of the stuff that they do as well. 
Um, there's yeah. a lot of work that that we don't get recognized for, um, and and when when they do, I think that that's a good moment because I think they all deserve that. They all deserve the recognition. We do a lot of work. Again, the volume for the area that we work is just it's so intense. There's so much crime <laughs> out here, yeah. you know. So I don't know. I think I'm just really proud of the people I work with. I think they're really yeah. great people. They do a lot of good. No, that's lovely. And then um, last question now is um, to anybody watching or listening um, that kind of wanted to follow in your footsteps. Now, I know it's probably going to be slightly different out in the States and probably country or state dependent, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, but kind of just more of like step into law enforcement or even that forensic route. What advice would you offer them to kind of like help them get ahead or is there anything they should look out for? Like you mentioned, you've got to do certain like checks and degrees and um, like tasks nowadays. So, yeah, well, there are so many different types of positions in this field that it, I think it's really important to research each agency you consider applying for. The requirements may vary from agency to agency. And again, depending on um, the, type of position where it's, whether it's field work or you're more, um, you know, doing more lab work, there could be different degree requirements for that. Um, just, I would, I think doing what I did <laughs> kind of helped. I, I know other people who, who had done this as well, just apply for everyone that you can think of, get the experience in interviewing. Um, as yeah. you can see, it's kind of terrifying for me to be <laughs> questioned. Um, so I needed, I, I try to do that for practice for the most part. And it, it's very discouraging and disappointing when you don't get the call back, but you have to, you have to go through that. I think it's kind of a numbers game in any field. Yeah. Um, but I think that maybe for someone coming into this field, say they've gone past the interview and the backgrounds and all of that. I would give the advice that was given to me numerous times when I first began, <laughs> find a hobby outside of the job. Um, because it, with all that we're exposed to, um, it yeah. can, it has the potential to consume you. Um, so find something that is not forensics, law, government related in any way, <laughs> keep your hobbies separate and be consistent with that. Um, and a thing that wasn't um, ever talked about when I first started, it is now, it's definitely um, out there now, but you know, uh, taking care of your mental health, taking advantage of, of services that are out there for you. Um, for example, my agency has um, a unit of psychologists that we can go to if we ever have difficult scenes that we've dealt with or even issues in our personal lives. Um, always take care of yourself first and again, keep a hobby outside of the job so you have something else to look forward to. <laughs> I got to ask, what's your hobby? What's your hobby outside of your job? They kind of shift. I have many. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love landscape photography, um, traveling. That That's a big thing. I, I'm always trying to go somewhere else. <laughs> um, <laughs> I make jewelry. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of just shifts. Just kind of crafty. I do a lot of crafty things. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Well, it's been uh, it's been a real fun conversation. So I really appreciate you jumping on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. Thank you for tuning into this episode of It Was All a Dream. We appreciate your time and support. We hope that you enjoyed the episode and you feel inspired to achieve your dreams. 
Be sure to give us a follow on social media. We're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube and Twitter where you can contact us and stay connected with us if you have any feedback on the episodes or guest recommendations. Be sure to stick around after this to see what's upcoming in the next episode. Thank you. My name's David Speed and I make art.